experience, he said. The trucking and automotive technician sectors, 88.5 and 91.7% male respectively, are also grappling with dwindling applicants. There's a shortage of high-end, heavily trained individuals who can do diagnostic work, said Tony Mala, vice president of the Automotive Service Association, a national industry group. We're graduating about 30,000 new technicians a year, mostly men, and that's not enough to keep up with attrition. Automakers have been funneling more corporate sponsorships to groups that work to recruit female trainees, such as the Automotive Women's Alliance Foundation and the Car Care Council Women's Board. The outreach hasn't affected much change, though. The share of female technicians hasn't budged over the past three years, Labor Department data show, staying at about 1.5%. The American Trucking Associations, meanwhile, declared in a recent report that the industry needs to add almost 1 million new drivers by 2024 to replace retired drivers and keep up with demand. Some companies have added 401k and tuition reimbursement programs. Others have hired female driver liaisons and started support groups called Highway Diamonds, said Ellen Voix president of the Women in Trucking Association. In 2015, her organization created a Girl Scout badge to teach girls that trucking isn't just for men. Carriers are really targeting female drivers, Foix said. They're facing the retirement issue, yes, but they also know that women tend to be more risk-averse, which is extremely important. The efforts, which include campaigns to get drivers home more often, are starting to pay off, she said. The share of female drivers has increased from 6% last year to today's 7%. After implementing the maternity leave policy, the Ironworkers plans to monitor its gender diversity progress as well. The Ironworker Management Progressive Action Cooperative Trust, the union's management arm, will supply the benefit, which is funded through member dues. Expectant moms on construction sites and in welding shops can take up to six months off before giving birth at two-thirds their wages, which range from about $20 to $40 hourly, and then another six weeks after the child arrives, eight if they had a cesarean section. The half-year pregnancy leave is unusual in the United States, where about half of women work up until the last month of gestation. But women in the building trades tend to lift heavy loads and inhale potentially harmful fumes, so doctors sometimes advise them to sit out earlier than someone in an office job. As of March, only 5% of construction workers in the United States had access to paid maternity leave. Ironworker members aren't shouldering a fee increase, however. The dues they already pay haven't changed, and the union maintains it's making room for maternity leave in its existing budget. Vicki O'Leary, a veteran journeywoman who runs diversity efforts for the ironworkers, said the union's International Board of Trustees voted unanimously for the measure. She has, however, heard grumbling about the lack of paternity leave. I've been in 32 years and we just got this, she said. To them I say give it time. The policy packs symbolic power, too, O'Leary said. In the manly world of construction, women have felt pressure to play down femininity. The arrival of maternity leave, she said, sends a powerful message from industry leaders that women belong there. The union first considered adding the benefit last May, when a journeywoman stood up at a construction conference in Chicago and told the room she had miscarried on the job. 
Bridget Booker, 36, said she was afraid to tell her boss she was pregnant. She didn't want to be sent home and lose pay. So she hid her belly under baggy coveralls and kept working on a bridge project in Peoria, Illinois. She told no one when she lost the baby three months into her pregnancy. She called in sick and then returned to work less than 48 hours after her miscarriage. I did it to survive, Booker said. As a woman in the trade, you have to prove yourself every day. Not a day goes by that you don't have to let them know that you're up for the task. How Berkeley has become the far left and far right's battleground by Perry Stein and William Wan. In the Washington Post National section, I'm Jill Melanson. Conservative commentator Ann Coulter has turned down a compromise offer to speak next month at the University of California at Berkeley, insisting she plans to stick with next week's planned appearance that was canceled by officials over security concerns. Coulter's rejection opened the latest showdown after days of dueling in which Berkeley called off the speech, then later reversed the decision but offered a different date and venue. It also again thrusts this liberal haven in the...